1: For the listeners that are confused, uh, that was a dial-up noise for the internet. I have a feeling
0: that most of our listeners know what that
1: means. And if you know what it means, here's five doubloons for Ooh. you.
0: Ooh, how many doubloons do you have? I'm not keeping track. I, have, I have 30. A, how do, are you, do you have a spreadsheet? No, it's, a, it's just a little run and tally I have in my brain. Nice. I have a lot. I was given 25 by a woman on the internet.
1: That just sounded like I said, don't have a lot. I have a lot. <laughs> if you're unfamiliar with this, it's a, a TikTok side of TikTok you end up on. Let's bring this back to 2022, shall You don't we? find the doubloons. They find you. Yeah. I got four Tobin doubloons from a TikTok. To- what is it? What's a Toby? It was a dog. Oh. That's oh, cute. A, It was like a forced perspective of a lady. And she was like, hey. The lady holds up her dog's paw. And it says four doubloons on the little tobeans Cute. We wanted to include the dial-up noise because Jesse is quite a bit younger than us, and they, it caused a wave of nostalgia across the team for the 90s. Yeah, specifically when we were young. Hmm. Yeah, in the words of Adele, and uh, it was fun. I don't know. It was like remembering how far technology has come. I mean, since we were first had the internet, like we were describing the sheer fear of opening that internet browser on your phone that was not like what it is now. Yeah. Terrifying. I would just pull the... Remember when you pulled the battery out of your oh, phone? Oh, yeah. Yep. I saw a TikTok, speaking of TikTok, the other day where it was <laughs> this guy getting something out of a fridge and then he's like, when you drop your phone oh, and it's the, like... in
0: two thousand seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like coins and batteries shatter everywhere,
1: <laughs> all over the floor. Because that's what would happen. Yeah, you could go to the phone case kiosk, and you would have to take apart your entire phone yep. to put the new case on. Yep, snap it all into place, and if one of those little brackets broke, oh yeah, you were effed. over, straight effed. I feel like
0: our uh, demographic, our listeners here, are uh, of the, the age reminiscing with us. That they knew what the they know exactly what the dial-up noise is, mm-hmm. and if you are younger and you don't know what it is, uh,
1: well, it, it start I mean, this episode over and commit it to memory. Yeah, make it a ringtone. <gasps> That'd be funny. It was just
0: the noise that it you made when you got on the internet mm-hmm. when it was on the phone lines.
1: Yep, and you had to sit at a computer.
0: And if your mom decided she needed to fax something while you were uh. And download some music on Napster.
1: <laughs> or LimeWire.
0: Or LimeWire, yeah. <laughs> well, then you were fucked.
1: You were effed. Cause Straight that, effed.
0: that one Coldplay song that you wanted, that it would take like 11 hours to download. Yeah. And if, you know, if something interrupted it. Yeah.
1: And also, you didn't know if it was the actual song when oh, you yeah. downloaded oh, it. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it'd just be some guy talking, some bullshit. Yep. Be a shitty live version. Somebody recorded on the inside of a moose. Yep. Yeah you never knew and then you'd spend all that time curating the perfect burn cd oh yeah and then you were fucked yeah and then you have your friends in the car and you'd be embarrassed it's funny i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> am,
2: am i am i it's weird oh, since we, since, <laughs> since since we are talking about that's staying in by the way since we are
1: <laughs> it sounds like you were rushing from the other side of the room to get the microphone <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I'm crying! <laughs> if
2: I wasn't in this episode, I am now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I still have the first burn CD uh that my buddy Ep- ever made. Whoa! Yeah, it's fifteen. I call, we called it like fifteen songs for the apocalypse or something <laughs> <laughs> before <laughs> it's time. Yeah, this is like two thousand and one, two thousand. Wow! So it had like. Deftones, Lincoln Park, Y2K. Incubus, oh, yeah. Rage mm-hmm. Against the Machine.
0: Literally all of my burn CDs. Those, yeah. That was the playlist. All yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It was... Uh, uh, wow. Well, yeah. you're, you're, you're kicking off like deep-seated uh, <laughs> synapses in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the nostalgia. Yeah.
0: And it's, it's funny how much easier it is now to listen to music and how... Much smaller the uh, net that I cast Uh is. Like I have like three artists that I listen to. Yeah. And if somebody tries to make me listen to a new artist, they're like.
1: Not into it. I had a forced CD collection of burnt CDs that somebody gave me in beauty school. I had mentioned because of my neurodivergence when somebody says they like something, I'm like, oh yeah. I have also had one experience (laughs) with that thing. And this thing happened to be ICP, uh-huh. Insane Clown Oh. Uh-huh. Now, if you like ICP, I'm so happy for you. I just am surprised So I mentioned delighted. to this person, I dated somebody that was a huge ICP fan. And that was like, it was ICP or Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like, that's what we listened to. And I tried so hard to uh, like it. I appreciate it musically for what it is and the group it creates. Uh, I mentioned it to this person. And she then proceeded to go home and burn me every single ICP album to date Wow! and gave them to me in a CD case.
2: (laughs) Even if this was like the early to mid-90s, it's like 26. 2008. (laughs) This was 2008. It was like like fucking (laughs) 60 albums worth of music.
1: Literally. She burned me every single ICP album gave it to me in a thing. And I had to keep up the charade for two years that I was actually listening to these albums. She would ask me about it. I had them in my car for an embarrassing amount of time until one morning, my snow covered car was very frosty and icy. And I did not have an ice scraper. So ICP was brought like a lamb to the slaughter to scrape. And that's how I went through that entire discography. Well, at least you found a uh, use for it. Using it as an ice scraper.
0: That's, uh, my ex-husband once gave a, uh, because he, you know, he's a musician. He's recorded many albums. He once gave one of his albums to a friend. And one day, uh, like, I, I don't know if his friend was like staying at his house or I don't know what happened. Anyway, he went outside to see his friend scraping his windows with this album that he had given him which i think is hilarious and also very
1: sad sorry i said pee. to be <laughs> if you ever see me scraping <laughs> i purged them one car clean out i think when i my I, I totaled my honda they mm-hmm. were in my honda i think i finally just ripped the bandaid off and was like i'll blame it on the car accident.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i uh purge my house every you know every Six or eight months, and I, every time I come across my CD case from mm-hmm. when I was in high school, and every time I like put it in the donation box, and then ten minutes later I take it back out. I
1: you still did that have at it. our yard sale, yeah. Which I can understand that, like it's, there's still CDs I have. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't I listen to CDs.
2: They will break down over time. I, yeah, but oh, I only
1: stream.
0: <laughs> 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 Same. <laughs> This
2: this folder is a representation (laughs) of me.
1: uh, Remember where I was at that time. It is,
0: and it's like uh, you know, a bunch of CDs that my friends burned me and gave me for Christmas, and like the covers are like they did interesting cover art, and I just I can't throw them away. When I was younger, maybe when I'm fifty,
2: never nothing else in my life was more special of a gift to me than somebody burning me a cd and giving mm-hmm. this, yeah. it doesn't, doesn't even matter what it was yeah if they thought i should have it i'm like oh my god i'm yeah this is
0: well even still is... to this day if somebody makes me a playlist which has literally never happened by the way <laughs> but if somebody did that for me it would be the most heartfelt gift mm-hmm. and i would literally cry yeah because that music is so personal mm-hmm. and so um emotional for yeah. me that if somebody made me a playlist like mm-hmm. these songs reminded me of you, or I want you to hear these songs, mm-hmm. it would be like, I don't know, like uh, that- That's that good Santa. to know. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to <laughs> know if
2: people care, that, like, like yeah. that, that. I well, I will say this: I use YouTube Music, <laughs> so I would gladly share playlists with you, but you probably wouldn't. Are you eighty? <laughs> Look <laughs> what the fuck. Look, man? okay, it can't. It can't. It comes free with a Google One subscription, which I need for my uh, Google Drive, Uh and uh, I also have YouTube Premium.
1: Which, Gray has my wedding video on his Google Drive. Yeah, Yeah.
2: it's cute. I'll Um, have to
0: watch it someday. mm -hmm.
2: uh, But with CDs, like, yeah. Uh, Playlists are similar. I've only ever put effort into one playlist, and Mm -hmm. it was actually three different playlists. That I created of like 200 songs each. Oh, hell wow! <laughs> yeah. That's
0: a huge playlist. So I, I was put talking a lot like of ten time, songs.
2: I put a lot of time and effort into this, and mm-hmm. um, it's for my yeah for my oldest friend, and uh, he was going on a chip uh, trip to China. Oh and wow! Was uh, backpacking and riding scooters and stuff.
1: Oh. Uh,
2: with his sister uh, along China through Taiwan, uh, Thailand, or Taiwan. In Vietnam, wow, and yeah, he had a huge trip. This was, a multi, I think, a whole month. Wow, so he needed um, a lot of music. Yeah, so I spent months like curating these three different playlists for like going, like the the journey there, <laughs> and wow. like that he could that he could listen to, and um, uh, while like just uh, scootering through the countryside and stuff, and wow. then that's so just, cool, that's so thoughtful. Uh, like on that trip back. So that's really the only playlist I've ever really put fork into. You're
0: such a sweet boy, great. <laughs> sweet. But
2: it, it felt like a huge moment in I guess not just his life, cause kind of our life, because since early on, our we we shared a love of mus- movies growing mm-hmm. up, and um uh we always liked the idea of like traveling, mm-hmm. like traveling movies, one of my mm-hmm. favorite movies. It's a, it's not a great movie. <laughs> looking back like when I've tried to watch it later on but when when I was a teenager a young teenager like 15 16 the beach with Leonardo DiCaprio oh, I've seen that yeah. directed by Danny Boyle yeah oof. that is one of my favorite movies including the soundtrack and that entire soundtrack was actually on the playlist yeah but, but um yeah like the, just the idea of I don't know it's that young wanderlust, I guess. Just...
1: Well, it sounds like you were creating something that was like a movie soundtrack for the trip they were. That's having. That's exactly what. I was... yeah, yeah, which I yeah. love. That. Yeah, that's awesome. There's a Spotify playlist called "My Life Is a Movie." Yeah, I listen and to it's that. a fantastic like yard work playlist yeah. or like when you're doing something productive because that's how it works in my brain. Like understanding how shit is now. Yeah. Like music is a big uh driver for things i'm going to get done or like things yes. i'm doing like if you've ever been to my house which is literally none of you listening um <laughs> sorry um, I will always have, like, big band music or jazz playing if I'm hosting, like, a dinner party or something because it's mm, nice, thanks, like, ambient yeah. background yeah, I mean, music. Nice yeah. Uh, or the Macarena. Uh, yes, we did teach the children the Macarena, me and Melissa, <laughs> uh, Thanksgiving. It was delightful. <laughs> but I always uh, – m- music is such a catalyst for the way I live my life. Like, mm-hmm. even, like, sitting and doing research for this Curio Corner today, I was listening to, like, lo-fi like ambient music or things like that. Like I always have music going in some capacity. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. When I travel, like when I have when I fly, I always like every time I'm at the airport, I turn on um, the soundtrack to the Secret Life of Walter Mitty.
1: Oh, yeah. because it's so
0: oh, it's so inspiring and so like you know I'm going on this adventure and it makes me feel like so good. Yeah. To be at the airport
1: listening to this music, I yeah. always create specific playlists for travel.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. for for years, decades, and still to this day, if I if I'm going like on a huge trip to the airport, the first <laughs> the first album I load up is Fru Fru's Details. Oh
0: my hell god, hell yeah! That, that is I love Fru Fru, and
2: <laughs> uh, not just because of Garden State, but Garden State was very important to me.
0: Same, oh, same. Yeah. It was nice. so foundational in yeah. my childhood
1: childhood adolescence we have yeah. to watch it together because i have not you've never seen it m- no. oh, oh god. god that movie, movie
0: and that Neither soundtrack like oh, that soundtrack t- mind, more no specifically no, no, no. i listen i still to this day i'll turn on the the garden state yep. soundtrack because yep. it's so it like uh, there's two albums that i consider transitional in my adolescent life Ooh. and the first one is jimmy world's um lead american mm-hmm. and the second one is the
1: garden state soundtrack oh nice Fuck yeah, yeah.
2: I love. I love uh, yes,
1: I'm trying to think of what my pivotal are albums we the same are. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> no, I, think I have.
2: Uh, there's there's several albums like that as well that just kind of like are a cornerstone of mm-hmm. what I feel like my is my personality or yeah. you know my foundation of a yeah. human being. <laughs> Mine would probably be
1: like one of the first Coheed albums. Mm. That was a formative point of like bonding with my oldest brother. He's yeah. nine years older than me. And he introduced me to Coheed and Cambria. And we've yeah. seen Coheed together a bunch of times. Like mm. that. Coheed is like, a, it's like soothing balm. Like when I listen yeah. to it, it's very nostalgic. It's yeah. very much like, yeah, but part of, of the formative years of yeah. like listening to music. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linkin Park. Yep. Yeah, same. I had a CD Discman and we had this thing in middle school that was called. fuck was it? I want to say enrichment time, but that was not it. It was like (laughs) hobbies, like where you could leave the school to go and do like bowling or skiing or things like that. Wow! So we had these days, like one day a week, usually in the winter, and you could pick something to go and do. So there was like rock climbing, swimming, skiing or snowboarding, Wow! things like that. And so I did rock climbing for one of my choices. And so we had to go to Idaho Falls, which was like at the time, like a 30 minute bus ride. Yeah. And I had Lincoln Park incubus and i think no effects Mm. because i stole it from my older brother because he was in afghanistan (laughs) um but i had those three albums and and incubus was definitely like one of like anytime i listen to that first incubus album i'm like transported back to which one let me google it they had
2: they had an ep and then they had uh Fungus Among Us.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it was Fungus Among Us, and, and I remember yourself. the guy that worked at the gym that was, of course, beautiful. We all, being middle schoolers, wanted to listen to, like Linkin Park and Incubus, and he was so fucking pissed about that. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, you guys listen to better music." Yeah,
0: <laughs> I can't listen to Incubus, but that's no from trauma. That's oh. not. So it was. It, I had a bad situation with that band playing in that the background. Sucks. Yeah,
1: sorry, bring it up on the podcast.
0: No, it's okay. Mm. But if it comes on the radio, I have to turn it off immediately. Oh, yeah. I can't. I can't listen to it.
2: Make I yourself as th- one of those. I think it was make yourself nostalgic album. Well, yeah. For and me. yeah,
0: like I, l- I love that
1: album until but, yeah. the yeah. traumatic event happened. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> uh, there's a, there's a, there's an album or two of like that for me. Yeah.
1: And then it was, the Linkin Park album was, in the end, like Hybrid Theory, like their first album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was yeah. listening to <laughs>
2: The Other Way From The Gym the nice. other day. So those were... I heard they played Runaway on, uh. on the gym speakers. I was like, this wasn't even a single. It's crazy that they're playing a song that wasn't, you know... Yeah, But the, I guess the whole album, I mean, it is highly revered, It's one of mm-hmm. the highest selling albums of all time. Yeah. And well, even that, like that was a lot of fun.
1: Spotify, like the amount of plays that... Let's see, In the End has mm. over a million, almost 14, well, it has over a million plays, like almost 1.4 million mm. plays.
2: That sounds low.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, not everybody listens on Spotify. Yeah. But anyways, well, there's our nostalgic corner. Yeah. Uh,
0: is this a podcast about music? Now it is.
1: Okay. But I find that endearing that, like, all of us, you know, I think everybody has a certain uh love for music and where it fits into their life and mm-hmm. I love hearing about your guys's paths with it and how similar well they
2: are. I mean cds were the 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 <clears throat> the conduit right through which discovered this this mm-hmm. this the that that art form that yeah. kind of like helped shape us as us as people mm-hmm. yeah and it's not true for everybody about mm-hmm. music there's only been one person in my life who <laughs> I ever spoke to that <laughs> said they didn't listen to music. And it was the most alien thing, alien conversation I'd ever heard. I couldn't understand. I couldn't fathom. Yeah. Like uh, I couldn't.
1: Yeah, it's been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. Yeah, I feel like music
0: is like kind of a universal uh, connector between, mm-hmm. the, you know, every single culture has mm-hmm. some form of music.
1: Yeah. When I was really, really little and I'd had a bunch of traumatic shit or whatever, when I'd have to walk home at night, dark, because this was the time, <laughs> it would be like oh probably eight o'clock no it was like summer so it'd be like nine o'clock at night We'd be walking home in the dark at like seven years old and oh. I would just sing to myself I'd just sing little ditties about yeah. what was happening or like I was a fairy princess or something just sing to myself
0: you were definitely neurotypical <laughs>
1: it's like now it's <laughs> stimming now I realize that that was stimming <laughs> or I just always like my mom used to deliver dolls she made fabric dolls not creepy dolls they were super cute and we would go out to this lady's house out in rows uh-huh. middle of nowhere they were cattle ranchers and she was also a s- stylist and i would just be like left to my own fucking devices at like five and i remember walking over to the fence i think i've told this story before where there was a fence and all these cows and i started singing to them and they like came over to the fence and oh. it was delightful oh. and i just have always sang i've always sang in some capacity Me too. yeah but i don't like to sing in front of the people that i know very. Yeah. Like, like how I know how to sing well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'll oh, like, but.
0: When we're in the car yeah. vibing, yes. we sing to each other. Yes. Well, not like in front of each other. Straight into each other's <laughs> eyes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, in general, you're. yeah, I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't like to.
2: I feel like I can't get myself to sing unless uh, there's. I'm in the middle of nowhere. And there's no mm-hmm. chance of anyone ever hearing me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like generally speaking, if I'm really singing, like how I like to sing. It's like nobody's home and the music is very loud Mm -hmm. and I'm singing and then I get self-conscious. I'm like, oh, the neighbors. Yeah. It's so stupid.
0: My neighbor is my cousin, so I don't really give a (laughs) shit if she can hear me singing. I sing a lot and I sing very loudly in my
1: house. I love it. You do. And it was, I I loved this interview for a couple of different reasons. I loved that it took me back down memory lane and I loved what Jessie is doing with her hyperfixations, her interests and correlating them to the modern world and how they work. And it was hard going over her interview, where to pick out the things to go on a rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Yes. Curio corner. Yep. And um, I'll do my bit of research first because it's the longest bit that we have. But we were, I was curious after the interview to be like, where's the link between Victorian fashion and goth fashion? And so I did a little bit of research this morning and it started from an article that Spelch found and sent to me. Um, And it helps bridge this gap a little bit of the reasoning behind why goth fashion emulated Victorian fashion. So during the Victorian era, as we know, dark colors were all the rage. Of course. Because of death (laughs) was all over the place. So we had lots of blacks, dark purples, jewel tone, greens, blues whites, grays, things like that. but there were And there were different codes of conduct, if you will, for mourning. And we've spoken about this at length um, in our episode with Hayden Peters in The Art of Mourning mm-hmm. um, and kind of covered all of the protocol that family members and widows and widowers were to take during this time. Um, and one of the largest influences of making this dark color palette a staple was according to a couple of articles that um, I read over. So For those of you new to history, the Victorian era lasted from 1871 to 1901. Mm -hmm. And it was Queen Victoria reigned during that time until her death at 81. Mm -hmm. And her customs that she established are what shaped this time frame, publicly mourning, all of those things. And during her reign, there was a couple of diseases that ravaged the Victorian people. Um, And one of those was in 1851 to 1910 was consumption. Heard a joke. <laughs> <laughs> consumption. Tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. Symptoms of tuberculosis include, but are not limited to, cough, sometimes with blood. Okay. Early coughs, no blood. Later coughs, Definitely blood. Definitely some blood. Uh, weight loss, night sweats, and fever. And there's a couple of other symptoms I cover a little later. So in England and Wales, four million people died from consumption. And it was known as the robber of youth. One third of those deaths were people aged 15 to 34. Really? Half of them were 20 to 24. Yeah. Yeah. That's Isn't that fascinating. Devastating? Yeah. So, and tuberculosis was thought to spread by miasmas which was vapor in the air or bad airs. So if you hear like, or like in a historically accurate show or whatever, they'll say like the vapors or this or that. They're talking about miasmas, which at the time, so it was thought to be that vapor in the air, which is also where something we've talked about, a lamp berger came into play in hospitals because it was thought it would cleanse the air by burning like this oil or things like that Mm -hmm. in the air would thought to cleanse the air. And this was before germ theory, obviously. Um, So TB was common among poor and malnourished people uh, because they were confined to small spaces with large amounts of people. And remember when we were doing the history of glassmaking, there was a glass tax in England. Yes. That was repealed by doctors help because um, circulation was so poor in these buildings. People were getting sick and dying. And a lot of those people were poor and they were laborers. Because they taxed the amount of windows that you had, right? Yeah. And in so building. people would
0: literally break up windows so they didn't have to pay as much as yeah, tax.
1: Because even if it, it was a tenant building, the tenants were still responsible for paying the tax and not the landlord. Horseshit. Yeah. So because people were confined to small spaces and it mostly affected people of the lower class, families were meant to care for families in enclosed in spaces without proper ventilation and things like that. And tuberculosis took one to three years to complete its cycle inside of your body. So you could have latent tuberculosis where you harbored the disease, but you didn't show any of the symptoms and therefore you were not spreading any of the vapors. And then when it became active, it was already too late. Yeah. So um, how does this all relate to fashion? Now, the wealthy were able to get away with it because they could spread themselves apart further in their houses. They had poor people that were taking care of them or they could go somewhere sunny in mild climates. Mm-hmm. So with fashion, the Victorians romanticized the disease. And it's always funny to me how stuff links throughout time, even to this day. Yeah. So they romanticized the disease in the effects it caused um, in the gradual build to death. So for decades, many beauty standards emulated or highlighted these effects. And as scientists gained greater understanding of disease and how it spread, but the disease still held its grip on fashion. So here's a quote um, from a professor at the University of South Carolina. Between 1780 and 1850, there is an increasing aesthetization of tuberculosis that becomes entwined with feminine beauty. So this is where that miasmas comes into play, miasma that we talked about, and consumption. So it was thought to be hereditary or miasma the bad vapors among the upper class one of the ways people judged a woman's attractiveness was on how well she looked when she had tuberculosis so it's the shit we've dealt with literally forever as women the enhancements noted were things such as thinness or pale skin that resulted from weight loss and the lack of appetite caused by the disease Rosy lips, delicate, transparent skin, fine, silky hair, and sparkling eyes. Those things happened before you had the full progressed tuberculosis. So that right. was with latent tuberculosis where your body's already starting to fight the disease. Um, and this is where consumptive chic came. Ooh! In the mid-1800s, when fashionable pointed corsets were used to show off low, waifish waists, and voluminous skirts, further emphasized a woman's narrow middle. So that fashion statement was made specifically to like emulate what tuberculosis did to your body. Middle and upper class women also attempted to emulate the consumptive appearance by using makeup to lighten their skin, redden their lips, and color their cheeks pink. Sound familiar? Then, thanks to germ theory, the cause of TB was discovered and miasma was considered trash science. <laughs> and ever since, uh, because of patriarchal reasoning, women's clothing was to blame for the spread of this disease. Of course. Uh, the corsets caused the lungs to fail. Mm. The skirts were sweeping up the germs everywhere. Just assing them Just right into the air. fucking hitting people in the face. Uh, and bringing disease to the home. Obviously. How dare you. Yeah. Uh, this was even depicted in a cartoon shown in a 1900 Puck magazine. And this is the quote from that cartoon. The trailing skirt, or this is the title. The trailing skirt Death loves a shining mask. Whoa. Yeah. The illustration shows a maid shaking off clouds of germs from her lady's skirt as angelic-looking children stand in the background. Behind the maid looms a skeleton holding a scythe, a symbol of death. Love that. Love yeah. that for them. But men got their comeuppance also. Oh, good. And their hatred with this quote. And this is related to facial hair, which is uh, – this is when I was giggling to myself on the couch. <laughs> There is no way of computing the number of bacteria and noxious germs that may lurk in the Amazonian jungles of a well-whiskered face. But their numbers must be legion. Edward, Edwin F. Bowers, an American doctor known for pioneering reflexology, wrote in a 1916 issue of McClure's magazine, Measles, scarlet fever, diphtheria, tuberculosis, whooping cough, common and uncommon colds. And a host of other infectious disease can be, and undoubtedly are, (laughs) transmitted via the whisker route. I've been there, the whisker route. Such a strong statement to end with. (laughs) Via the whisker route so how does this link to goth fashion, right? Wanted to have that little history bit. So in the late 70s, early 80s, when Mm -hmm. you start to see the goth movement and like glam goth and glam rock start to happen, they're pulling influences from Victorian England, the dark clothing, and then they're using the pale skin, the red lips, the rosy cheeks, really stark makeup, that kind of gaunt look that became very popular because it's a predecessor to punk rock, right? Mm -hmm. So it's still kind of that edgy against the, you know, norm kind of thing. And then there's the history fact, which is where the history to goth pipeline comes to play. So
0: you're telling me that uh, goth people today look the way they do because of tuberculosis.
1: Not, yes, yeah. Look, like the sickly appearance and things like that, like red, uh, like using red eyeshadow around your eyes to appear sick and pale, like it all leads to the aesthetic of goth. Spellcheck is very proud of me right now. It's a big thing inside of the ether of mm-hmm. goth. Is the the whole not necessarily to call it cosplay, but the aesthetic of it likens itself to the sickness of the past, interesting in a rudimentary way. And it all we all for the unfair, uh, thin, pale, white aesthetic. We can thank consumption. Thanks consumption. Thanks consumption. I had to have a TB test before I worked at a retirement home.
0: Really? hmm It's just like tuberculosis doesn't seem to be much of a problem anymore. You hear about it, it occasionally. It was
1: until people started to deny science. And now it's coming back. Is it really? Nice. Yeah. Tuberculosis still rages to this day.
0: Interesting. You, I guess you just don't hear about the consumpt- consumption. What did they call it? It was like the the rampaging the the galloping consumption that's what it is oh the galloping consumption via the whisker
1: route the, <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: the name of my next indie country album whisker route no indie country, what, what is it consumption <laughs> the
1: galloping. galloping consumption oh the whisker route sounds like a the the uh great value uh pussycat dolls <laughs>
0: I was Josie thinking it was like, pussy a, cats. like a folk song, mm-hmm.
1: a bluegrass song. Let's write it. We screw right out. So, that was uh, my deep dive into TB consumption and goth fashion. Well, I think
0: it's fascinating. Yeah. It's interest. Like, I love the historical context for fashion and pop culture in general. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool. I think I it's think. interesting. Yeah.
1: It's rad. Yeah. And it's a lot of, it gets lost over time, right? It's just yeah. like, you just think, oh, this is goth fashion. Like, that started somewhere. And that's where it started. That's where it started. Um,
0: the other thing we spoke to Jesse about was cold showers.
1: Yes, and I and was at the time. I still am.
0: I'm. I was vehemently against cold mm-hmm. showers. Now uh, refresh my memory. That was like four days ago, which <laughs> was a long time ago. Did yeah. she say she took cold showers? How did we? How did we land upon the subject of cold showers? Vintage beauty. Vintage. Oh, vintage beauty. Thank yeah. you, spell check. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's when Gray piped in. And he was like, I, I take cold showers. He was the
1: cold shower uh, stand here in the room. Yeah.
0: So I did some research on cold showers. Uh, actually, Spellcheck did the research and then sent me the articles. But thank you, Spellcheck. Um, and I was reading this article. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this shit. I'm going to try it.
1: This persuade me. I'm very easily okay. persuaded. So
0: um, first of all, cold showers are any showers with a water temperature below 70 degrees. Which that doesn't sound too bad, but seventy degrees—that's cold water, mm-hmm. especially when you're used to taking like one hundred and twenty-five degree showers. Oh yeah. yeah, I like it. Like so, I'm beat red when I get out of the yeah. shower. I like my shower. And then I look hot. at my skin. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> what did I do? Whoops. Um, let's see. So here are the reasonings to take cold showers. The first one, it increases endorphins. Uh, depression affects at least ten percent of American adults. Many drugs treat depression depending on the severity or the duration of the symptoms. One holistic method of treatment that's gaining popularity is hydrotherapy. Mm. And I don't know if you guys know like Latin. Hydro. (laughs) That's
1: not where I thought that was going.
0: (laughs) Hydro means water. Oh, shit. (laughs) That
1: that Uh, solves a lot of problems I've been having with (laughs) words.
0: Taking a cold shower for up to five minutes, two to three times per week was shown to help relieve symptoms of depression in a clinical trial because it releases endorphins. Um, It works as kind of a gentle electroshock therapy. The cold water sends many electrical impulses to your brain. They jolt your system to increase alertness, clarity, and energy levels.
1: Is this also the same as like when people cold plunge, or they have like a water trough? I think okay, so. Gray is nodding, <laughs> yeah, aggressively. I think so. So that's
0: uh, that's reason number one. Reason number two is it helps improve your metabolism. White fat is the fat we associate with conditions such as obesity and heart disease, but we are all born with brown fat. We're <laughs> <It's just laughs> <baby I've> never- <laughs> filled
1: with brown fat. <laughs>
0: Researchers have found that brown fat plays an important role in adult health. Healthy levels of brown fat also indicate that white fat will be at a healthy level. Now, this is from Healthline.com, by the way. And now I'm feeling like this is complete bullshit because I've never heard of brown fat versus white fat.
1: No. What the fuck is this? Anyway. While you're reading that, I'm going to look up. You're going to look it up? Yeah. We're going to
0: do a deep dive on our deep dive. Rabbit hole this shit. Yeah. Uh, Brown fat is activated by exposure to cold temperature. Swedish? yeah people that are obese simp- can't simply start taking cold showers to lose weight without changing other lifestyle habits <laughs> uh, but taking a cold shower two to three times a week may contribute to increased in metabolism and will ha- may it may help fight obesity over time hmm. now first of all we're not doctors don't listen to us we're just I'm just literally reading an article online from healthline.com
1: also um, obesity in the clinical diagnostic of obesity through a BMI chart is fucking horseshit. Oh, yeah. And there's lots of other reasons your metabolism or different things about your body could be struggling outside of depression and fucking endorphins. Yeah. Just to say that. Yeah. Uh,
2: I just wanted to say, just so you're aware, Mel, uh, uh-huh. in just Googling ground fat, uh, it has looks like verifiable results between yeah. Mayo Clinic and the
1: WebMD that's what I have pulled out WebMD
2: the National Institute of Interesting. Health Interesting so, I've just never heard of it Yeah me neither
0: So another uh benefit to cold showering is it improves circulation can feel uncomfortable to immerse your body in cold water but can it also be invigorating Um yada 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 athletes have known this benefit for years uh, people report that their skin looks better as a result of cold showers, probably because of better circulation. Hmm. And let's see, is this lastly yes? Lastly, it helps fight off common illnesses, which I think is fascinating. Our bodies are designed to become resistant to the elements we are exposed to, and that see this is this is something that's always confused me. Why are we more prone to getting colds in the winter? Why?
1: Spell check. Who's raising her hand?
0: Okay, spell check. Go. Uh, so it has a lot to do with the colder temperatures, um, kind of slowing down our immune system, so we're not responding as quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a it's a hyper simplified version of what actually happens. Because our bodies are working on keeping our extremities and everything warm and alive. Okay. Whereas in the summer, it's not as hard to do. Uh,
0: I guess that makes sense.
1: It's the same reason why like animals get a healthy coat in the winter time. Like it all has to do with natural. Uh-huh. Like progression of the seasons.
0: Ah, huh. Interesting.
1: That's um, why your skin's greasier in the summer also. It's creating a natural layer for the environment that it's living in. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so I guess uh, cold showers are getting your body used to the cold more often, mm-hmm. which helps improve your immune system.
1: So I found the brown fat versus white fat and the validity to the claim. So this is WebMD, Mayo Clinic. It is verifiable. So it's called, it's brown fat, but it's also called brown adipose tissue. Okay. And it helps maintain your body temperature when you get too cold. So babies are born with a lot of this behind their shoulder blades and newborns can't shiver, which is one of the ways the body creates heat when we shiver. Brown fat acts as a built-in heater
0: like blubber yeah blubber you lose babe. most of
1: as you get older and form a shiver in response to cold temperatures because it causes everybody to move and get warm uh, you have two main types of fat white fat builds up when you take in extra calories white fat stores these extra calories to use when you don't get enough energy from food so it's like burning fat in an exercise is that most of the fat in your body is white fat you typically store it in your thighs hips and stomach Too much white fat in your belly can raise the risk of heart disease and type 2 diabetes, which is something that runs along the line with one of the conditions I have, which is PCOS, which is an overproduction of different things in your body that causes an overproduction of white fat. Uh, Brown fat and white fat are made of different things. White fat is made of big droplets of lipids or fatty acids, where brown fat are packed with mitochondria, which is what? The powerhouse of the cell mitochondria are rich in iron which gives brown fat its color they're the heart of your cells they take in nutrients like sugar and white fat breaks them down to make energy brown fat stores more energy in smaller spaces than white fat does which is why it's so where does this come into with cold showers uh when your body makes cold a hormone called norepinephrine is exuded. Brown fat has receptors for norepinephrine. So that's why taking a cold shower shocks your body, which releases the inhibitors of norepinephrine, which is activating the the brown fat, which therefore stimulates the production that they were likening in cold showers. Um, So this creates warmth that helps you maintain your body temperature. Interesting. So um, adults have very small amounts of brown fat in the neck, collarbone, kidneys, and spinal cord. Lean people typically have more than uh, not lean people. Women also have more than men. So uh, scientists are researching other roles of brown fat, how it might play in your body, specifically that you want to know how it uses white fat as fuel. Um, Some scientists are looking at studies that exercise might signal hormones that turn on brown fat. Turn it on. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that little snippet on white and brown fat and all the stuff with cold showers fascinating fascinating i think before we got started today earl did you take a cold shower
2: yeah about a half hour before we started recording or, um, yeah. yeah half hour 45 minutes before how are you we feeling you feeling good great yeah fantastic yeah
1: yeah this wears by him yep maybe huh. we should all start our week off there oh hold on maybe There's... that's how we should start our work days
2: so i started taking uh cold showers about 10 years ago um 10 10 11 years ago um it's not every shower it's just uh, usually three or four a week mm-hmm. um because i like hot showers too i like scalding showers mm-hmm. <laughs> but um it, there's usually something within the next uh couple hours after a, a cold shower that is particularly like i feel like i have more energy i just feel
1: mm-hmm.
2: more present more cognizant of
1: from listening it sounds like a reception. similar uh reaction in the body is like exercise yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. It is. It is. Um
0: this is just a little disclaimer. Please remember that people taking medication for their mental health should not stop their drugs abruptly in favor of cold showers. Mhm. Mm-hmm. We believe in science. Take your meds, friends.
1: Yes, please. I have not taken mine today. Shit. I almost forgot.
2: Take your meds, take a shower.
1: Yep. Brush your teeth? <laughs> mhm. Wash I did, your butt. I wash shower. your butt. Pits and slits, everybody. <laughs> Bits and bits. If you don't have slits, there you go. Um, speaking of beauty routines, the thing we all know about and have seen in our grandmother's cabinet, cold cream, cold cream, cold cream. I have never. I don't think I've ever used cold cream in the recent decade. I think maybe in high school when I was really into like fifties aesthetic mm-hmm. pinup stuff. I was like, they go all out. I'm sure I bought it, used it one time, and it died in a drawer. <laughs> As it does, um, so here is a little deep divey into five reasons grandmother use grandmothers use Ponds cold cream. All right, okay. Ponds cold cream can be used as a makeup remover. Okay, um, with so many cleansers on the market, it's easy for Ponds to fall off the radar. So there's lots of things we use today, right? Um, Taking a dollop of Pond's cleansing cream and gently massage it all over your face, including your lips and eyelids, and wipe it away with a warm, wet cloth. This will melt away your makeup, even long-wear lipstick and waterproof mascara. It's also, because it's a cleanser, here's the difference between soaps and cleansers, a quick little. So soaps have, like, ever- they have surfactants in them that are hard and meant to cleanse totally the skin, which is why when you're like wash your hands with them, your hands feel really um, dry. like dry and kind of stiff, right? A cleanser is usually emollient-based, so it has fats in it that leave a barrier on your skin while also cleansing the surface.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. Did not know that.
1: You're welcome. So it can be used as a facial mask right? Which is one of the oldest beauty tricks in the book. This holds moisture into your skin, especially on your face, or adds moisture in areas that you're lacking because maybe you used surfactant and stripped everything from your face. Um, Same method, you apply a layer of this to your face, leave it on for a minute or two, and then wipe it off. Um, And you're also exfoliating when you're using a cloth, depending on what you're using to wipe your face off. Um, moisturizer and makeup base. So you could put this on before you put that in. It'll even out your skin tone and your moisture levels, which is what can make your makeup cracky or flaky if you have uneven moisture levels on your skin. Um, makeup spot cleanup. So you could use it to remove eyeliner that gets a little shaky. Ah. Uh, and body lotion. So that was the uses of Pond's cold cream.
0: Well, I think I'm going to start taking cold showers and using Pond's cold cream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cream.
1: So this is a little bit of a deeper dive into, like, the beginning of Pond's. It started out in 1846 as a patent medicine company when Theron T. Pond, a pharmacist from Utica, New York. Theron T. Pond. That sounds like a, like, dirty joke. Theron T. Pond. Theron T. Pond. Uh, He was from Utica, New York, and he began selling golden treasure, a homeopathic remedy containing witch hazel. In 1849, Theron Pond, Alexander Hart and Edmund Munson formed the T.T. Pond Company. Wow, they're really going for it. Uh, To make and sell golden treasure renamed as Pond's Extract. After the American Civil War, soap and toiletries were added to the product list. Changes of ownership and Theron's Pond's death... (laughs) A legal dispute over who owned all of the rights and shit. Um, But by the 1880s, things had settled down and the Pons Extract Company emerged. So what was Pons Extract? It was a simple mixture of witch hazel distillate taken from the shrub, Hamamelis virginica, preserved in alcohol. And it was promoted as a general cure-all for a wide variety of ailments such as burns, colds, catarrh, wounds, chillblains. Hoarseness, sore throats, piles, scalds, bruises, sunburn, rheumatism. Good to know. Uh, Chapped hands, bites, boils, chafing, lameness. Nosebleed, well, that's Frostbite, inflamed lameness. eyes, and female complaints.
0: Oh, I have all the female <laughs> all complaints.
1: Female complaints. The female complaints of lameness. <laughs> uh, but that's me. Like all things, by the mid-20th century, most of these medicine claims were dropped, and the product was then promoted as a general antiseptic for bites, wounds, uh, sunburn, and for use after shaving. Really narrowed it down. Yeah. Where'd the female complaints go? They're in there. They're <laughs> buried underneath <clears throat> Uh, It was aimed at families because children were expected to have more scrapes. Where's the lie? Yeah. Where's the lie? Um, So that's where the witch hazelness effectiveness comes in as the antiseptic. And then it was disputed in 1886. Lots of these claims are really fallen to the dirt. So this article shows a bunch of different, um, like the advertising. And one of them is the three steps to beauty. So one is to cleanse with Pond's cold cream. Remove cold cream and impurities together with your cloth and then finish off with Pond's Vanishing Cream uh, before going outdoors and on convenient occasions during the day. (laughs) It prevents roughness, redness, and other blemishes caused by exposure. A touch of Pond's Vanishing Cream at any time will instantly make your skin and complexion lovely. Love that. Lovely. And spellcheck did the full method before she came over today. And she, she did he, all the things. She looks lovely. Face is soft. I don't see any complaints. Female or otherwise. Nope. No female complaints here. You look the She also wore back. a short skirt as to not spread germs around my home. Thank you. Yeah.
0: And whisker-free faces all round. Oh, gray. Fuck off.
1: The Stash route. <laughs> How dare you. Bring that upon us. (laughs) Miasmas. But I really loved the take that Jessie is doing with her content. Yeah. She's right at the beginning of her journey of kind of finding out where she wants to go with this and the things she wants to create. And the stuff she's already put out is amazing with the little nuggets of history that are included Mm -hmm. just in these little, you know, reels or TikToks that she's making. And I'm obsessed. It was also very hard to not uh, echolalia her accent her speaking,
0: yeah, and that's not us being rude. It's just that we have ADHD, and that's what we do.
1: I really wanted to, but I did not.
0: I think I slipped, and there was just one one
1: word just that not. I had a little lilt on. Oh, Spelt was saying we both did it. Fuck, fuck. Sorry, Jesse.
0: Sorry, Jesse. We weren't making fun of you. No. I promise.
1: My brain won't let me not do it. Won't. Um. But yeah, I. Encourage everybody to pick a topic, do a little deepy-divey on it, learn some things about it, or pick a time in history and fashion and see where it connects to. It's fascinating. It's very fun. It's a great way to eat up 30 minutes. Yeah. And we are, you know, we're rounding the corner to the end of the year and resolutions are nonsense, unless you're into that sort of thing. I'm sorry. But every day you should make a better habit for yourself in something that makes you happy, whether that's cold showers, cleansing your face with ponds. Cold cream or looking up obscure bits of history to find out weird quotes you can say to your friends. Mm -hmm. We encourage it here at the Mouthball Prophecies. We do. All the time.
0: Alexa, play desperado.
1: Nice. Hope you like that. Hey, Siri, remind me on February 1st, 2023, to love myself. You're welcome. You're welcome. As always, be sure to follow along with us on all of the nonsense. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, as well as our website, the mothballprophecies.com, where you can see collections of interviews, people we've interviewed in the past, and find your own little rabbit hole. As always, I hope you find some good shit.
0: And don't forget to idealize fatal illnesses.
1: Absolutely. Take a shower! A cold one! <laughs> Bye! Bye! <laughs>